0: Welcome to the J.P. Shadrick Podcast. Today is Thursday, January 11th, and yes, the Jags are still playing football this week, and they're headed to Pittsburgh for an AFC Divisional Playoff game against the 13-3 and Steelers, the number two seed in the AFC. Plenty of preview of this game coming up. Thoughts from the Jags' locker room as well, and we'll get into the quarterback matchup. Jacksonville's Blake Bortles and Pittsburgh's Ben Roethlisberger. A little different playoff experience between those two. Who better to break it down, though, than CBS Sports analyst? and Hall of Fame quarterback Dan Fouts. He'll have the call of the game this Sunday for the NFL on CBS. And we'll get a local media perspective on the Jaguars entering the Steelers game with Associated Press writer Mark Long and 10-10 XL's Hayes Carline all together in studio. Let's get to the week around Everbank Field, and we'll start with a bit of a rewind to last week. The Jags got the big win over the Bills in the AFC wildcard playoff game. 10-3 was the final score, and they advanced to the divisional round. The scene around here was... Unbelievable, actually. The tailgating epic, a sold-out house, a tight football game down to the end. And yes, Commissioner Roger Goodell was in attendance as well. He joined us on Countdown to Kickoff on the Jaguars radio network and discussed what the Jags franchise has meant to the league and how the franchise has grown under the con ownership.
1: Well, you know, the great thing about Shot is he brings in great people. So he's, he brought Mark in as a president. He's, he's got a great coach and, and brought in Tom Coughlin and David. as the general manager. And so I think what you see is that he is committed to bringing in the best people and doing things the right way. It's not easy to win in the NFL. And Shad has has had to learn that process also. But he never stops working to try to figure out how he can make the Jaguars better and how he represents this community in a positive way. You see it around the stadium with the amphitheater and all the other developments that are going on here. He's, he's really focused on making sure that everything gets better because of the Jaguars, this community and the team itself. And obviously, you're helping the NFL on a variety of fronts, including internationally, where I think – Playing over in London on a regular basis has helped develop a fan base for us there for the Jaguars, and uh, I think it's been good for this community to to put Jacksonville on that kind of a stage.
0: The Jags, of course, used their strong defense to hold off the Bills, and it was really the all-pros for the Jags who led the way. Calais Campbell and Jalen Ramsey were outstanding. Second-team all-pros, Telvin Smith and A.J. Boye, had great days at the yard as well. After the game, Jalen Ramsey broke down that late interception to seal
1: it. Usually, in situations like that, two minute, and when we're up, the uh, the corners we play about ten yards off, if not more, two plays before. Then uh, Peterman, it was Peterman's first play. I think that's his name. I'm not sure. Um, we were playing the same coverage played off, and he threw that quick little hitch route on AJ's side. Uh, they lined up in the same formation, just flipped, so they were on my side. and I figured uh, they must, they're probably running the same route. And uh, took like a little read step, and as soon as he threw it, I just broke.
0: Always interesting to get in the head of the best corner in the league. This is a defense built through great drafting and then bolstered through an incredible couple of years of free agency. The three signed early this year Campbell, Church, and Boyer. Well, those three have turned out to be more than just great players for head coach Doug Marone. Those three players came in here, and the first thing that they did, and this is just my opinion, you know, because you can't manipulate or try to get that done, they came in here and really got to know their teammates and became part of the team before they did anything else. That's not easy to do. The three players did that, and they did it quickly, and they came together, everyone came together on that side of the ball, and I think that's why we've had the success we've had, And it it came together quite early, even though they were still working out, you know, the actual plan on the field. The offense, though, had some issues last week. The legs of Blake Bortles bailed them out, though. He had more rushing yards than passing yards in the win over the Bills. And he's only the third quarterback in the Super Bowl era to achieve that feat and win a playoff game, joining Michael Vick in 2004 and Bob Greasy in 1973. For Bortles, his legs are weapons that he's used some throughout the year and it's something that opposing defenses
2: have tried to slow down before. We've gotten a couple things with guys – um, you know, whether it was Tennessee in 93 was just kind of spying or last week they did it, you know, 57 Alexander kind of sat in the middle and spied some, you know, that's, so that's something that we've started to get, you know, kind of later in the year um, and, and wouldn't be surprised if we saw that or if we didn't. You know, I don't think one way or the other, um, you know, that they, they would change completely their, their game plan, you know, to account for me running. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. We'll find out. Um, but it is something, you know, that we have seen before.
0: It's rematch time this week. Way back in week five, the Jags steamrolled the Steelers 30-9 to at Heinz Field. Leonard Fournette went for 181 yards that day, including a 90-yard score in the final minutes. The Jags ran for 231 yards as a team, including a 12-run drive in the fourth quarter that ate up eight minutes and change of game clock and ended up with a field goal to make it a 23-9 score at that point. The Jags defense intercepted Roethlisberger five times. That was a career high for the veteran quarterback. The Steelers went out and won the next eight games, though, and 10 of the last 11 games of the season. The only loss in that time was the 27-24 loss to the Patriots when they botched the late game situation near the goal line. Roethlisberger last week said that he wanted another shot at the Jaguars. This week, he went out of his way in the Steelers' locker room to praise the Jags' defense. Well, it's always new because it's always different, I should say, because every year is different. Every opponent is different. And this is one of the best defenses um, I've ever played against, so... Uh, it would still be a little different. What, what about this defense makes you say something like that? Everything. There's not one thing. Um, pass, rush, linebacker, secondary, um, their stats. You look at what they've uh, put on paper and put on tape this year, uh, I think that speaks for themselves. Audio courtesy of Steelers.com. Now to the quarterback battle. Ben Roethlisberger, five picks against the Jags in October. Blake Bortles. Well, he threw for 87 yards a week ago in the playoff game. He's been in the crosshairs of many national observers and analysts this week. Hall of Famer Dan Fouts has the call of the game this week as an analyst for CBS Sports. And starting with Roethlisberger, after that five-pick performance, the Steelers and Big Ben went on a tear.
3: The five interceptions, I mean, a couple of them were tipped, you know. So uh, as a guy that threw a bunch of interceptions myself, I can uh, relate to what uh, Ben went through that day. It's, it's never fun especially when a couple of them are, are brought back for touchdowns. But as you said, I mean, he bounced back quite well from that. Um, you know, a lot of talk before the season about Ben and and what his future was going to be like. But, you know, you look at the team that he, uh, he has surrounding himself, it would be a tough team to walk away from, obviously, with Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. And then the Cedar defense really started to play better uh, towards the second half of the season as well. Uh, you know, they had to survive the injury to. Ryan Shazier, but uh, their depth is starting to show through there towards the end of the season.
0: He said the other day, the other week, that uh, of all the teams in the playoffs, he wanted to see the Jags to get that five-pick game out of his head and kind of get back at him. Uh, Is it asking a little much against this Jags defense? This is a good group in Jacksonville, too.
3: Oh, yeah. This is a great defense. And, uh, you know, I I think it was Ramsey who said, uh, be careful what you wish for, Uh, and you know, that may be the case. It may not be. I, I doubt that he'll throw uh, a bunch of picks this weekend. But uh, this is a, a great defense he's going up against, and one that really controlled the uh, the Steelers in that game.
0: Dan Fouts with us, NFL and CBS Analyst. What were your thoughts when you were going through the tape of Blake Bortles' game last week against the Bills?
3: Well, I thought that, his, uh, you know, obviously the, the passing game was not there. But what he did uh, in converting a lot of third downs, uh, you know, it seemed like every time he needed, you know, 10 yards, he got 11. Every time he needed 12, he got 13. So, you know, that part of his game is something that the Steelers are going to have to address. There's no question. Uh, You've got to find a way to keep him in the pocket and not let him use his legs because he is a very good runner. You know,
0: and he's had moments this year and, and really streaks of games this year where he's played very good all around quarterback play. You know, he's he's protecting the football, he's not throwing many picks, he's making the right decisions. for the last couple of games of the regular season and then again last week it wasn't there. Is that something that can just that can bounce back? Can it? Can you regain confidence in a playoff setting like this? I guess is the question.
3: Well, it is going to be tough. Uh, you know, number one, it's against a good Steeler defense. Number two, the weather's going to be horrible. Uh, so it may just uh, behoove the the Jags to keep doing what they've been doing and feature Fournette and and Ivory and, and Yeldon if, if uh, the, all three of them are suited up. So, you know, uh, when you go into Pittsburgh, it's never easy. And then when Mother Nature's on the other side of the field, uh, it makes it doubly tough. Dan
0: Fouts with us, NFL and CBS analyst. Uh, the premier matchup for me in this game, Dan, is, is Jalen Ramsey and Antonio Brown. Of course, last time out, Brown got some yardage against Ramsey in that game. Uh, Ramsey has had a fantastic season. First-team All-Pro players going at it this, this Sunday. Should be a fun one.
3: Yeah, I think that's um, you know what you're looking for in a playoff game is, is how can we break it down and, and how can we uh, really focus in on great matchups. And that certainly is, is going to be one. If you remember the first game, Uh, back uh, when, we call it the five-pick game, I guess is the way we're referring to it. (laughs) But the first play of the game, uh, you know, Roethlisberger uh, went to Brown on that deep, long pass down the sidelines uh, over Ramsey. So uh, they're not afraid to challenge Ramsey, and Ramsey uh, says bring it on. Is there a better corner in the league than Jalen right now? Oh, he's in the top five, there's no question. I mean, uh, there are some good corners right now. I think that uh, what a lot of teams are doing is you know, like with Xavier Rhodes in, in Minnesota, uh, they're letting him play with, uh, against the top receiver each week. And you know what that does for a corner is it really uh, eliminates a lot of the preparation for him. I mean, he can just zero in on his opponent, see exactly what he uh, can do and what he wants to do. So uh, that's a real benefit for Ramsey.
0: How about the the matchup of Le'Veon Bell against this Jags defense. Last time out, I mean, he he touched the ball fifteen times on the ground. Um, they they get him out in space a lot. They line him up wide. They do a lot of things. So Telvin Smith might be the key to uh, keeping Le'Veon Bell in check, if there is such a thing as keeping Le'Veon Bell in check. He's a he's a tough matchup for anybody.
3: Yeah, he's he's as versatile a running back as there is in the league. I mean, he could play wide receiver and do quite well out there. So. Uh, with Bell, the key really, and that's what the the Jags have done so well all years, is, is they gang tackle people. They've they've uh, used that big defensive line, those mobile linebackers, and a you know a solid tackling secondary to to hold the teams down. And that's basically what they did to to Bell back uh, in game five. So uh, it's going to be a challenge for the Steeler offensive line because the size and, and speed and athleticism of the front seven of the the Jaguars really presents a lot of problems
0: without Ryan Shazier on the defensive side for the Steelers how different is their look defensively
3: well you're talking about a very explosive tackling machine in Shazier tremendous speed and the willingness to really lay it to his opponent so you know you're gonna look at depth there you're gonna look at maybe Keith Butler the defensive coordinator blitzing more just to make up for the loss of Shazier Uh, Pittsburgh blitzes a lot anyway and uh, Keith Butler a former linebacker with the Seahawks uh, he used to blitz a lot when he played so uh, I know that's what he favors and that's what Bortles has faced all year long anyway so that should be a good matchup.
0: Do the Steelers are they looking ahead a bit to New England is that possible because that's the one real speed bump they had in December?
3: Yeah you know you'll never know until the game's over against the Jaguars whether they were or not I mean if they if they come out flat and uh, get blown out, uh, then you could s- speculate that. I don't anticipate that happening. The, the playoffs are, are such a unique uh, situation. The Steelers have so much experience in the playoffs. Uh, and even though Mike Tomlin said that, uh, you know, they were pointing towards, uh, you know, New England during the season, uh, I'm sure he's got their attention focused on the Jaguars because that is no team to overlook.
0: Our thanks to CBS Sports Analyst Dan Fouts for his time this week. Let's get a little local perspective on this Jaguars team, though. Hayes Carline of 1010XL and Mark Long of the Associated Press cover the team each and every day here at Everbank Field. Welcome, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Thanks for it's having an us. Honor. Uh, everybody's in here together. What a, what a duo this is going to be, you guys. Uh, I've had you guys separately on this podcast before, but now. We're all together, one and, big happy family.
2: And the FCC doesn't monitor this, right, JP? <laughs> I mean, this is no holds barred radio. It's it's, it's whatever you want to say. Okay, all right. and and, Go for and
4: it. Shad listens, and Tom. I'm Coughlin sure TC is it, listens okay. to
0: every second of every podcast, and,
4: and Shad clicks on him while he's on his private jet, or, or on or the, the yacht, or, or the yacht, or the okay. other okay. boat. All right, good, the, good. All right, one of the well, teams. hi to Tom, and hi to Shad. Uh, it's been know, a great year. It's been yeah, good. Congratulations, on getting it's this far. A lot of people think you're playing with house money, but I disagree i think you need to win this ball game
0: yeah what do you make of that the house money's been a term thrown around this week uh, it was a because the, a lot of people picked the jags to to win six seven eight games this year not being in the divisional round of the playoffs uh what do you make of all that
2: I, I think if you look back in august then even if they lose on sunday what they accomplished was far beyond anyone's expectations but now when you look at the game and you see that you know the matchups i i think the Jaguars should feel really good about their chances to beat the Steelers. I mean, they've already gone there and won 30-9. I, I, I'm surprised that that's getting discounted as much as it is. I get that it was Week 5, but the Jaguars also didn't have Marcel Darius, Brandon Linder, D.D. Westbrook uh, in that game. So uh, I think it's a little different of a team, and uh, for the Jaguars as well. So uh, you know, I, I think it would be disappointing if it ends now, just because we've seen how well they can play against the Steelers.
4: And, and that's where I come in. I think you're 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 sitting there at ten and four, and you've got the division wrapped up. Uh, you've you've got a playoff game wrapped up. You almost got the division wrapped up at ten and four. And to me, that changed everything. You're sitting there, and the defense is playing like it is. Blake Bortles is playing like he is. We had seen Leonard Fournette play. You know, at a ridiculous level early in the season, certainly was good against Seattle. So to me, getting to 10 and four, and that changed everything. And it, it, it wiped out all the preseason predictions. And now all of a sudden, it made you a le- not only a legitimate playoff contender, it made you a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And so to me, that's why the last three weeks have been unbelievably disappointing. And I think if they come out there and and, you know, huge letdown. Which is what they basically did last week. I think if they do that again, it's not house money at all. And you're gonna go into the offseason, uh, wondering did we did we just blow a golden opportunity with a really good football team? It's frustrating. They won the game, Mark. Ten three won. I listen, ten three, it was I give the defense all the credit in the world, uh played lights out, didn't give up any big plays, uh for the most part with the exception of one run, stopped the run. Uh, I give the defense all the credit in the world. To me, I, I flip it on the on the on the on the flip side. The offense is what is the huge concern for me going into this game, uh, and I think the defense will do a, a great job slowing down Pittsburgh. Not going to shut them out, but they'll slow them down. I just don't. I I've lost complete faith in this offense.
0: Hayes, I mean. Uh, what do you? I mean, this is unbelievable, right? I mean, I don't think they can un- bounce back,
4: right?
2: They can bounce back, but I don't think it's unbelievable to not have a lot of confidence in the offense. I mean, Leonard I Fournette does not look like nearly the same guy that we saw in Week Five in in Heinz Field. I mean, remember, it's not just the ninety yard run; he had a goal line carry where he leaped so far, I thought he was going to end up in Wyoming. And uh, and and I get that that's not overly close. That's probably a uh, a bad over the top uh, hyperbole. But uh, <laughs> moving like on, it. you know, so I I think the burst and things like that still aren't really where you'd like them to be with Leonard. Um, I think, I think that he is pressing a little bit. It'll be interesting to see what he says uh, later when he meets with the media. But um, so I, I understand that, but I also think that they've been ultra conservative with the play calling. I think that'll loosen up. Uh, I do think that when you have Marquise and Hearns and Cole, and uh and dd altogether then you have the chance to have some explosive plays downfield so i'm not ready to give up on the offense but i understand why there would not be a lot of confidence going into this game
4: and it starts with five i mean i go back to to, to blake Bortles. to me that's you know you can say all those all those other factors around him definitely need to pick it up and play a little bit better but to me he is I, it's hard to call him the X factor because he's been the most consistent offensive player all year and the offensive MVP, but to me he's the biggest X factor going into this game. If he plays well and plays what we've seen him do early in the season, even late in the season against Seattle, uh, then all of a sudden you, know, you change your expectations for this team again and you expect them to not only beat Pittsburgh but beat New England or Tennessee, whoever they play in the AFC, and then have a legitimate shot at winning it all. it's
0: Caroline. 1010XL, Mark Long, Associated Press with us. Uh, Big Ben wanted some more of the Jags defense. He's getting some more of the Jags defense this week. I'd be shocked. Everybody would be shocked if they picked him off five more times this week. It's only happened one other time in his career when the Jags did it back in week five. But they're confident, this group is, that they can affect Ben again and get the ball away at least two or three times in this game. I think that's what they have to do defensively.
2: It is. And again, in the first meeting, uh, I think you could see it flip here where it was two sacks in the first meeting, five interceptions. I could see it being the other way where where Roethlisberger probably when he does get into some pressure situations, maybe doesn't put it up as much and is willing maybe to take the sack a little bit more than normal than than his normal way of playing. So I could see it being a game where the Jaguars still dominate the Steelers, but maybe with two or three takeaways but where you see five to seven sacks because I think this is going to be a game where the rush means more than the cover in terms of forcing those big plays because I just I think Roethlisberger, I think it is in his head, and I do not think he's going to just put up balls like he did in the first meeting, but I think if he holds it, then that's going to allow Yannick and Calais and Dante and Malik to really get after him.
4: That's in five sacks and two or three turnovers and the Jags win this thing going away if, they get, if that's what they get. And I do think that he lends himself to this is a good matchup for the Jags against big Bang because he takes chances with his arm and he holds the ball and believes that he can hang in there, brush people off, and still make big plays and I don't know that that's the 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 success the you know the success story against this defense mm-hmm. is to do that so I think if they do get those numbers, I think that's that's a huge win for them. I will say this Mike Tomlin yesterday stunned me when he said when the question was, do you change it up in terms of you know, what you're doing against this team, knowing that you know, that you know, you, they're a hard team to throw against and they, they you know, second the NFL in sex? And he said, no, we're going to do what we do and be who we are. And I just think that's uh, – it says a lot about the Steelers and their arrogance, but I also think that it, uh, it's not necessarily the smartest thing to do. When you look at the teams that have success against Jacksonville, it is not uh, quarterbacks sitting in the pocket and biding their time and, and throwing deep.
0: They, uh, I think they ran on Bell fifteen times in that Week Five matchup, which didn't seem like enough. Never seems like enough for Bell, I guess, right?
4: Yeah, huge, huge game. I, I think he's got to touch the ball twenty-five, thirty times. Now, whether that's a combination of runs and and you know dump offs, if they're smart, that's what they would do. They would they would change the game plan mm-hmm. and say, okay, we're gonna Antonio Brown's gonna be our West Walker, and and Ben Roethlisberger's gonna get the ball out in two point three seconds or less, and we're gonna hit the tight end. Five or six times and we're going to throw a ton of screen passes, take advantage of Jacksonville's aggressive rush and aggressive defense and throw a lot of screen passes to uh, to Le'Veon Bell. I don't think they're going to do that based on what they're saying and who they are and the success they've had and the arrogance there. But uh, to me, that's how I would attack the defense.
2: Mm-hmm. Le'Veon Bell will be fascinating. He had 93 total yards in the first meeting, uh, even though it was you know a bad game. But he is capable of putting that 160, 180 on really good defenses. So to me, that's the key. I don't see Roethlisberger torching this secondary. But Le'Veon Bell certainly has the chance and he has the skill set to do so. Um, I think having Marcel Darius in in this game, when obviously they hadn't acquired him yet from Buffalo uh, on October 8th in the 30-9 the game, means a lot. Um, to me, I think the magic number for Bell is you're willing to give him about 115 total yards. You know he's going to catch passes as well, so you have to factor that in. But 115 yards to me would be, okay, he doesn't break anything probably beyond 40 at that total. Um, and again, he's a talented guy. He's going to get his yards. The thing, too, is and this goes back to Pittsburgh likes to portray this as everything went against them in the first meeting. Le'Veon Bell was targeted ten times and caught ten passes. I mean, it, you can't yeah, be true. more efficient than that. Now he only got forty six yards because the Jaguars did a fantastic job of getting him down in the open field. But I still like that matchup. I like Telvin Smith and Miles Jack against Le'Veon Bell in the passing game. So, uh, but I think that's it. He's gonna get. He's gonna get yards. They're gonna give him enough. Uh, touches for him to get yards but I think if you keep it to 115 or under it's the Jaguars victory and the
4: one thing to look at with that and I agree with Hayes that the matchups definitely in Jacksonville's favor and they should definitely try to get him the ball out of the bag but the one thing to look at is the injury situation for Jacksonville at linebacker yeah there's a lot uh yeah uh Paul Puzzleson, he's missing practice with the abdomen Telvin Smith with the ankle Blair Brown now looks like he's out with an ankle, a bad ankle sprain. So you look at those three guys, and they just don't have a lot of healthy bodies at linebacker, which is one of their strengths defensively.
0: Not a good week to have that happen. Uh, Final thoughts here. Can the Jags win and will the Jags win and head to the AFC Championship game? I I
2: do think the Jaguars win the game 23-17. Again, I've heard it all week, well, 30-9 was a fluke. Well, I agree that it was a fluke, so I'll give the Steelers eight points, and I'll take seven away from the Jaguars, and I still come up with a six-point Jaguars victory. So I like it Jaguars 23, Steelers 17, and the Jaguars advance to the AFC title game. I like the math.
4: 17 is definitely the magic number. I think the uh, Steelers are... Thirteen and one when scoring seventeen or more. The Jags are ten and one when holding opponent, opponents to seventeen or fewer. Uh, so that is an absolute magic number. If the if somehow you know you can keep the Steelers around seventeen or less, and the Jags can score seventeen, but that to me is the real issue. I just have lost when you've lost faith in this offense. You've lost faith in in Leonard Fournette, the offensive line, and those young receivers. It's hard, hard, hard to pick the Jags. It, it's hard to expect a shutout or three or six or nine points. So I'm going uh Steelers twenty, Jags fourteen.
0: And a clean out day the next day, huh, Mark?
4: Uh, unfortunately That's yes. Negative, man. But but not Why a clean so listen, negative? but here's the here's the positive of that. It's not a clean out day for this franchise. It's a building day for this franchise. And the for the most part they're going to come back intact next year and you're gonna you're and all of a sudden instead of being pick them to win three games or six games at max people are gonna pick in this picking this team to win the afc south and win double digits and maybe a lot of people will have them as super bowl uh dark horses
2: and hosting the divisional round next year i like that
0: yeah positive Hayes, negative mark <laughs> always good to see you guys thanks for your time man thanks, thanks for having us, us. Thanks to Hayes and Mark for their time this week as well. Finally, earlier on Thursday, the NFL announced the London schedule for the NFL International Series next season. Three games will be played on consecutive weeks next year. In week six, October 14th, the Seahawks meet the Raiders at the new home of the Premier League's Tottenham Hotspur. Then week seven and eight, there will be games with the matchups could be on either date. The Eagles will meet the Jaguars. And the Titans will face the Chargers. And both of those games will be played at Wembley Stadium. The order of those games and kickoff times will be announced at a later date. Now for the programming schedule ahead. Thursday night, the Doug Marone Show at 6 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. Followed at 7 by Jaguars Thursday. That's on Tintin XL Radio. Both shows are video streamed on Jaguars.com, the Jags app, and Jags social media. Friday morning, Jaguars drive time on TuneIn Radio. And then Sunday, it's game day. The Jags visit the Pittsburgh Steelers in an AFC Divisional Playoff game at Heinz Field. Kickoff time set for 1.05 p.m. We're on the air with a Publix tailgate show at 10 a.m. on 1010XL Radio. Then at noon, it's countdown to kickoff on the Jaguars Radio Network. All of those shows stream on Jaguars.com, the Jags app, and Jags social media as well. Our thanks to Hall of Famer Dan Fouts for his time. Hayes Carline, Mark Long also. Thanks to Jags manager of radio, Joe Fortunato. We'll catch you next time on the J.P.
3: Shadrick Podcast.